Hey there. Cheers. What's up, friends and true believers? My name is Chris. I am the owner of Machete Comics here in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Some people pronounce it that way, Canada. I've heard that. Canada. I lived in New Jersey for a while in Joyzy. Isn't that from that heritage thing? Canada? Canada? Because okay. that's what the natives used to call it. it was Canada. Oh, okay. Canada. Okay, then. Okay, we're sorry. Don't throw, don't throw me hate mail. I did not know that. I uh, will respect that. It's cool. Canada. Really? Canada. Okay. Good to know. Commercials. Good to know. Yeah, you got to understand this stuff. So, hey, how's it going? It's January 30th? Yes. 30th, 2023. Holy cow. I had to throw the year out there. So, I was just doing some promo here earlier today, so I might as well pump it out here. Look at that. Isn't that a beaut? Isn't that a beaut? That is Skeletron number one from Machete Comics. We have... Uh, the artwork is pretty rad. So well, this is the reprint of it. We sold out of the original one. You know what that means? That means a lot of people bought it, my friend. So that's cool. If you did buy issue one, the first one, thank you very much. We have 100 issues available of this. Okay, and they go eight bucks each. Or as I'll show you in a minute here, you can get, I'll, sh I'll show you in a minute, you can get uh, three issues for 20 bucks. I just want to show you some of the artwork in the back. There's one picture. I'm specifically, oh, I like this one. I thought this one took it. Look at that. My wife did the background on that. She's producing the show tonight. Decent. Hello. Decent. So there's issue one. We have issue two. These are first printings of issue two and first printings of issue three. Um, yeah. And the, so I, I like to put, I, li I like to put my friends in the comic book. So this is a, a right wing beer company called Ful Fulbert Beer. What are we, be, because you have the right to bear arms and drink good beer, right? There you go. So um, he was, he will come into play later, the beer guy there, Fulbert Beer. He will come into play later. But this is this is the first three copies of Skeletron. And it is set right here in Kingston, where I live in, where I prevail in Kingston. Well, right now we have tons of snow. You guys got tons of snow? There we are. I don't know. Got lots of snow here. Today we are talking about, or tonight we are talking about The Walking Dead. All right? Yes, The Walking Dead. So I have been watching The Walking Dead since it first came out. And before that, I was reading the comic book before the show came out. Big fan, big fan. I love Image Comics to begin with, which is where The Walking Dead is from. It's not from Marvel Comics. It's, it's funny how a lot of people think that Walking Dead, they just assume that Walking Dead is, is a Marvel comic property, but it's not. It's an Image uh, comic property, which, now the thing with Image Comics that makes them different from Marvel and DC and all that is they let the creators own their comic. So Kirkman went to uh, Image, which is funny because he wanted to work for Image. He, he didn't really want to work for Marvel. He'd rather work for the Todd father. Uh, Todd McFarlane, who is one of my idols as well. So you go, you take your title or your idea to Image Comics and they let you own it. Of course, we know what Marvel does with things, especially nowadays. They bring Bill and Bob in there and say, well, I like this idea. We're going to cut this up, put this in here, you know, blah, 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 and give it long hair. Um, but anyway, uh, that's, that's the, you know, Walking Dead came out as a very independent comic at first. Of course, being black and white is one thing nowadays with a, with the comic book my comic is black and white i love the black and white with the gray shades and what it also does is it gives it to me as an old school feel now you'll notice with my book it's got a real throwback feel i uh so that's the one thing about my comic and my a lot of my work also that you may dig is if you like the newer stuff that's really computer generated if i probably looked i could find some but uh that's cool because i still buy amazing spider-man and such i can't stop buying amazing spider-man i've been buying that all my life but if you like uh, the stuff that's not digital enhanced, a little more old school, I'm there for you. So we're going to talk about The Walking Dead. Sorry, I got a little distracted there. Wow. 
look at there's there's uh this is great so look at the difference there's the trade paperback cover obviously bottom and there is a, a shot a clip from the tv show above you can see the similarities there's there's so many similarities between the show and the book but there's also some 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 big differences so what we're going to dive into first i believe is some differences between the comic book and the tv show right yeah. awesomeness awesomeness now let me just get things going over here so I can see if anybody wants to chat, anybody wants to talk to me about Walking Dead, that's great. So the first thing we're going to do, and I think my producer was just going to give me, I'm just, we're going to, I'm going to wing this one, but she's just going to give me some characters and I'm going to tell you what the difference was between the yeah. comic book and the movie. I don't think she, <laughs> I don't think she can stop. Well, these are big ones too. We were going to do like a top 10 or 10, but there's just too many. So she's going to throw a couple, we're going to, so we're going to do characters. She's going to throw a character at me. I'm going to tell you the differences between the comic book, between TV show. Okay. What do you got? Oh, this is gonna be an easy one. Okay. Oh, Daryl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so well, but it's very important because a lot of people don't know this either. Daryl is not in the comic book. Daryl is only in the TV show. <clears throat> now, here's something that I found pretty crazy. When the popularity of the Walking Dead comic book was dying down so much, I'm surprised that they didn't draw Daryl in there and finally bring him into the comic book universe. That would have shot the comic book through the roof. Um, not sure. I guess he, maybe he was trying to stay indie. Uh, Kirkman was stay indie to the book and stay true to that and not bring Daryl in. But man, that would have made the book skyrocket. But Daryl is not in the comic book at all. <laughs> Did you know that? I don't know. Most people should, I would think. But yeah. Who else we got? Oh, Carol. Okay. Wow. The difference between Carol and the comic book. And the live action. Okay, so Carol, Carol in the comic book there, obviously on the left, was was uh, started off very timid, like the character on the TV show. But she didn't get stronger. She got crazy. She actually let the dead eat her at the jail. So she only lasted in the comic book until the jail. And she was dating, I believe it was Tyrese. She was seeing at the time. Yes, yes, she was seeing Tyrese. Michonne shows up. And Tyrese just starts sleeping with Michonne in the comic book. So Carol sees this and feels unloved and goes out to the walkers and says, you know, you'll love me. First she goes to Laurie and Rick. Oh, first she goes. Says, can I have a relationship with you guys? Oh, right. First she goes to Laurie. So first Carol goes to Laurie and Rick and says, hey, can we have a threesome? Can I get in on you guys? And I'm like, oh, you're crazy. Get out. And then she goes to the walkers and says, hey, you guys will still take me, won't you? And of course they take Carol in, but they eat her. In, in the in the TV show, she's a beast. Oh my gosh, she just, you know, she, she's very inspirational for for just a hero. I, she's, she's badass. Everybody knows Carol's badass. She does so many things in the TV show. I can't, wow, like there's so many things to list off. Her saving the whole group after being banned from the group from, yes. from hmm? Terminus. From Terminus. Uh, badass Carol. She takes care of stuff, man. We'll probably talk a little bit more her, about her later. So yeah, the difference in the comic book and her is tenfold it's huge they're like night and day and she's not alive she doesn't make it very far she makes Past it to the, the jail prison. no she yeah. makes it to the jail and, and that's that's as far as she goes um and of course daryl isn't even in the comic book but he's still alive in the tv show or, or at least made it up to the end all right what do we got next dun, dun. oh the governor man look at this dude what well they're right there you can see he's missing an arm Holy smokes, right? Um, and his hair's a lot longer in, in the comic book version on the right. He's, uh, oh, wow, what a great character. Now, this was this was fairly close, I thought, other than, like, you know, some some differences 
in a, in appearance. I, is that reversed? Or does he really have the patch on the opposite side than the one in the comic book? I, I don't know. No, it's the origin. That's it. No, I meant the, the other one. The, oh, him. The live one. No, because his name's right. Is he right-handed? So, um, I don't know. Anyway, that's interesting if they just switched the patch to the other side, because they would have did that on purpose. So, there's the, you can see the difference. You can see the differences. He doesn't wear armor. He's more of a casual dude there. Um, but he's a little sicker in the comic book. As much of a douche as you think the governor is in the TV show, he's even, he's even cringier in the comic book. You know, the comic book can get away with a little more things, right? Michonne went through hell with this dude. Um, the TV show, Michonne went through hell with him. But in the comic book, she went through. Wow, I, we, I can't even talk about what the governor put Michonne through in the comic book, boy. You uh, and on top of that, he he cut Rick's hand off in the comic book as well. Rick, you know, it's just a, a bonus here is Rick doesn't have a hand uh, after he runs into the governor because the governor chops his hand off. So Rick loses his hand. Here we see the governor's missing his his whole arm there, right? Which is woo. That's a whole other part that comes up, but that it's the comparison is fairly close, fairly close, and he does. Uh, hang on, on to, just barely hanging off life, and they leave him, and then he comes back. And they, and they shouldn't have let him come back. have a relationship with Andrea in the comic books. No, there's no relationship with Andrea in the comic books. That's uh, that's fathomed in there. Andrea's another one who's way different. Who do we got next? Here. Gatorade is thirsty. Who do we got? Oh, and speaking of which, Andrea. Okay, now they really dropped the ball on this one, I think. Uh, Andrea on the right in the comic book was a badass man she so she was the sniper um in the tv show that i believe they try and make uh what was the girl into the sniper there she's a beautiful lady uh sasha yeah sasha they tried to make sasha into the into the sniper but they killed her off in the comic book it was andrea and she was kick ass at it and her and rick hooked up not michonne so andrea made it throughout the show um, she wasn't as like the TV show one was she, you disliked her because she was pretty whiny and she seemed a little sneaky, you know, in the comic book. It was the opposite. She was kind of like more like Michonne, more like Daryl or uh, sorry, more like Rick's, you know, Rick's wife. And it, it, it for some reason, I think after seeing this Andrea and Rick in the comic book, it made it hard for me to have Michonne and Rick hook up as a couple on on the TV show, which which still, I don't know, it just didn't seem right for some reason. Um, I, just as a couple, they just seemed like they wouldn't get together romantically, from this dude's opinion. Um, with Andrea in the comic book, the way it went together was, was pretty smooth. And there were some scenes where uh, her sniping ability matches Rick's leadership. So it's the kind of thing, like, if you want somebody shot from way, way, way away, you want to get Andrea in there. If you want somebody to lead the crew into fighting Negan's group you want Rick so they were kind of up on the same level there I guess Michonne is but she's still more of just like the the tough the tough person whereas Andrea was was the sharpshooter and, and it worked well together I thought as a story um I still like Michonne and Rick together I guess it just seems a little weird I don't have a problem with it, it just doesn't seem like the right move to me like killing off uh Carl not the right move at all not the right move at all. anyway because we got next are we well yeah and another what do we got time wise here yeah, we're doing good. Oh, wow. So Shano, huh? Yeah, man, Shane, what a great character Shane was too. Watching back, if you go back and watch the earlier one, Shane is just such a rad character. Um, and of course, he's the Punisher now. The the John Berth, what's his name? John Bertrall. Bertrall, something like that. John. Bertrall. 
he is the Punisher now as well, or he was. Hopefully they bring him back as the Punisher. Now, he did a great job yeah. of playing Shane. And Shane is also kind of the, the opposite to Rick, um, just in the fact that he's going to shoot first and ask questions later. He's, getting, he's, he's really adapting quickly to the apocalypse. Now, the difference between him and the comic book, man, they, that was pretty close. That was a good one. I, th- I thought that one was, was pretty close to what went on. He didn't make it to, to no but i thought i thought character wise the oh, way character. He, his character wise not the way he went out it, there was a, we'll talk about how how shane died in a second here um but i thought character wise the way shane acted in the comic book as the way he acted in the tv show was pretty similar i thought if you look at the picture there um drawn fairly similar <clears throat> now the way that shane died in the comic book he died earlier he died i would say at the, at the he still died at the There's camp Pardon me? First season at the camp. Yeah, first season at the camp in the comic book. Uh, Shane Shane was killed. But he was shot by, uh, when he was alive, was it, wait, wait, which was it? So when he was alive, Carl shot him. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, so Carl shot him in the comic book. And Carl kills him. And wow, he says it's not the same as shooting a, a walker. I know it's not. I know it's not Carl. So that's, that's the difference there. But he, he lives a lot longer in, in the TV show, which was cool. That worked for me. Beep, beep, what was that beep? Something beep. There's John in there. Great. Okay. So, and then, uh, so what we're going to do is I'm going to finish up with Shane. We're going to jump into a little bit of uh, Bigfoot talk here. Oh, you don't want to do our... And then we're going to come back. We're going to do the other ones. We might as well, oh. we'll get John in here right away. So we can, I know sure. he's a busy dude. And uh, we're going to continue on our conversation. If you saw last week's, we had a professional in here, a professional angler and hunter. There he is. Hey, John, how's it going, buddy? You brought him in. Hey. What's, what's up, Chris? How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. I'm doing well. It's good to see you. How are you? Man, I've uh, been super busy. Uh, I know I've been, you've been trying. I know Brent's been trying to get me on the show. And thankfully, my schedule actually kind of opened up this week. And uh, it's been awesome uh, work-wise for me, doing a bunch of stuff, touring. And then, uh, obviously, I know a lot of my followers are excited for the uh, kind of like the rebranding of the Blundell Network into the Crier uh, Network. So uh, super exciting times. Yeah, yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. It's great to have you, my friends. Great to have you. We, it's so much snow here where I'm at right now. It's ridiculous. Where are you at right now? I'm in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Oh yeah, nice. And we are getting the snow. It's like when I was a kid again, actually. Like you know what I mean? It's. I, I was just discussing with one of my students too. I teach online, and it was before Christmas. And I said, "Man, when I was your age, we used to get tons of snow." And then it just seemed from that moment, I, I quoted that we've been getting snow. So it's like, it's, going- uh, we're supposed to get, it's supposed to be really cold this weekend here. Like they're saying like negative 42 degrees. Wow. Uh, Fahrenheit, which is, that would break all records here in Massachusetts. So it's, Holy uh, smokes, super, super crazy. Stay warm, my friend. Stay warm. Okay. So, so it's good to have you on the show. We are talking Bigfoot. Um, you know, That's not one that we're examining. That's just our intro there, my friend. So, so last gonna, week, as I was say, that's pretty interesting right there. That's good. That's probably the best footage I would have seen yet. Right, right in the middle, right, right in the center of the camera. Last last week we had. So I, I just started. Um, I talked about Bob Lazar. Um, I talked about Bigfoot a bit. Just, but I when I talked about Bigfoot last week, I had on a gentleman who's the producer of Angler and Hunter Canada, and he basically lives in the woods. 
and he hadn't seen a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch or anything, but we were talking about uh, just how quiet the forest gets, things he's heard, because he hasn't he hasn't seen any either. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is I have seen UFOs, you know, I, I've seen JFK back into the left. I've seen, I've never seen a Bigfoot or, in my opinion, some footage that was like, wow, that's Bigfoot. So what, what comes to mind when you first think of Bigfoot, man? I think for me, uh, growing up, like I remember getting the books and going to the library as a, as a kid, and like the Patterson Gimlin stuff for me was like the the iconic Bigfoot strutting through the uh, that big log in front of him through the woods, those two guys on horseback. And I think that's always been the kind of where you put stuff in terms of actual footage, whether it's real or not, that's where everything's kind of compared to. And a lot of this, it's crazy. Like you would think with the technology is today with our phones and cameras, None of the footage ever comes off. It's always shaky or blurry. And that was, if it is a hoax, um, but part of me wishes it. I, I just love the fact that that's out there. That's kind of like what we all gear ourselves towards. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for me, I think that, that that right there is probably what I look to in terms of, okay, maybe there's something out here. Because even, is- the, even the skeptics can't refute outright say no this isn't real or this and that's what i love about the intrigue of bigfoot that of all the stuff we've done we still can't say yes or no and i think there's something really cool about that do you want to take a look at that clip that you're talking about because that's first thing i think of is one where he's like yeah they they parried it let's take a look at that clip i think lonnie do you have that clip handy that could yeah here we go that's the first thing i think of and there's no sound that's okay. There's no sound, but they've, they've uh, you know, exemplified the image a bit so you could see it a bit, I guess, a bit better. Yeah, that's it there, right? Wow. Yeah, it's it's like, I think one of them just passed away. I don't know if it was Paris or Gimlin. One of them's still alive, I believe. One passed away. And for them, a lot of times when you have these hoax type things, whether a lot of the UFOs, they, on their dying breath, they're like, oh, it was fake. It was a lie. It was real. Right. But if it is a hoax, they're gonna, they, they would take it to their grave, obviously. But the fact that we're still talking about it and it's still the number one resource in terms of what it could possibly be in its natural habitat is just mm-hmm. so fascinating to me. And so from there, I actually – it's funny. The last time I was hiking out in the Washington area on a mm-hmm. day off with the Shinedown guys, they're big. We, we, every time we go hiking, we always talk about the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, all mm-hmm. the stuff we'd love to see. And we got talking about and started researching, and I think it was 1980 or 82, the Mount St. Helens eruption, right? where there was these instances and cases, and I believe it was a U.S. Air Force guy or a National Guard type guy that reported on like these Bigfoots being rescued from the, from the volcano eruption, the forest fire. They're being covered in like these blankets and these tents. And like this guy references like this pile of, what looked like humanoids or big animals. Uh, and people are like, well, it was a bear. It's all this stuff. It's a moose. And well, no, he goes, the, the way he described it was like these big, burly, like upright creatures that were stacked in a pile in like this grieving mother type Bigfoot thing. And I was just kind of like blown away where it's, and, I, and the NPR, uh, the, the, I can't think of the, the, uh, the host of the show, but he always has his guests on. And one of the guests was this guy. And, if you look research that Mount St. Helens stuff, it's super fascinating because obviously there's people out there with the hearsay it's not real. Like this one guy who started a hoax admitted to it. But then you look at some of the stuff and it's like, well, hold on a second. If we were supposed to believe that these military guys and people that see UFOs and we can not question them really per se, why can't we do the same for Bigfoot? 
Right. And I do suggest people go look into that Mount St. Helens thing because it's super fascinating. And it makes you wonder when stuff like that happens or you look at the current deforestation across the globe or mm. in these climates where that stuff is happening with timber, why haven't we seen these yet? Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, it's just the science is there. The science isn't there. I'm just so stuck in between where I want to believe this is real, but I also don't want to discredit someone who may have seen something that I didn't see. And it's, the whole thing is just so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I would love to see, see a Bigfoot. Um, well, I have a small forest in my backyard and I'm always in, I was just taking that second look at night to see if I see anything out there. Just, you know what I mean? It's always fun to think that there could be a great big friendly creature uh, living in your in, in the forest in well, there. The other thing too, it's with the last of the, for the years of the pandemic, at least I did, I spent more time in the woods, whether it's hiking, uh, camping, like doing stuff just away from people, right? right? But with all that influx of people from the cities going out to the wilderness to isolate and get away from the pandemic, you would think there would be a lot more or better footage or pictures or video. And I was just shocked that maybe the Bigfoot is just going further into the forests because I mean, they're still identifying tribes of people in some of these countries near the Amazon and Africa and stuff where you're just kind of like, they had no idea other humans existed. Yeah. And so maybe there's a chance these things are getting further pushed back. But with the influx of buildings going up and trees being cut down, it's like eventually if these do truly exist, they're going to have to show up. Yeah. Right, like oh, definitely. And the biggest question I've always had, and I'm just, I just love talking about this stuff, is when these things die, who, where do their bodies go? Do they take their bodies with them? Because when you see a dead deer or a bear, no other animal, I don't think, hides their bodies of the deceased, right? Or at least where you can't find their bones, or it's just weird. Like, don't you only think there'd be something other than a, uh, like a footprint? Like, it's just, yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe they're just super good at hiding. Yeah, I want, it, it makes you wonder too if they have actually because I thought about this too do they actually have ceremonies for their dead and they like they bury they hide them away so that people can't find them because it's well, that, sacred it's, to them like right like it's like you look at the Vikings they would like put their bodies on the pyres and light them on fire and there's a huge ceremony maybe they are so well uh, adapted or such an extension of us as human humans that they have their own I mean I, it's just you would think with especially all the, I mean, there's a lot of like crap shows out there with killing Bigfoot. And I know some of the guys on those shows and I've had guests on my podcast, like Ken Gearhart and Lyle Blackburn and Dave Spinks that they spend their lives doing this stuff. Mm. But even there, they have to look at it from an analytical scientific approach to if this is possible, this is what would have to happen vice versa, as opposed to outright saying, Oh, it exists or it doesn't exist. And so I try to look at that stuff and I see footage or, I think for me now, some of the eerie stuff is like the the vocal recordings and stuff, like mm -hmm. the the wailing or the crying. It's like, well, what animal is that? Because some of them are just. If I heard that in the woods, I don't. Man, I would be running out of there so quick. Yeah, that that was one also thing. This was a. I'm glad you brought that up because I that was a point that I brought up with my hunter guy, because he hunts big bear, right? And that was one thing he was mentioning, because I brought I put some sounds on, and one of them was. Uh, somebody actually ripped off a pterodactyl for this one YouTube video. It was like, you guys picking mushrooms or something. And they did disproved it on the history channel. Um, what was I talking about there? But, uh, Oh, Dan. So he was, he, uh, what was the point there? Sounds. Oh, the sounds. Yeah. So he, um, it was when there was no sound at all that would throw him. Like when he was in the forest and there was like nothing. 
Yeah, it's almost like the sometimes when you see that, like the alpha predator, if another animal knows there's a bigger animal or alpha predator out there, it will go like quiet. Yes. Like they know something else is bigger out there than them. And it's like, well, we don't want to. It's, it's, man, I, for those hunter people, it just, the ones that do it for their life and they're in the woods the whole time, it's like, I, I want to like, it's, it's always these hunters. I don't mean to knock people that release these videos or like these mm-hmm. crazy small town stories, but they always look like people that look like just came off Craigslist. Like they don't look like, and, I, and it comes, I don't mean to come off as pompous, but and not to discredit those people, but no, no. where it's always the same set of people that always say they see Bigfoot or get this footage, right? Right. And it's, and, uh, people are like, well, how come it's always blurry? Well, you don't go into the woods on a hike expecting to see Bigfoot. And I think no. some, maybe the people that maybe, maybe do capture it have that reaction where it's like, oh, holy, holy crap, like this, I don't know what's going on here. And so maybe mm-hmm. that's a, a true reaction. I, it it's be. just, and then the other thing too, I know you, you talk about Bob Lazar and Greer, like all this UFO stuff. And like mm-hmm. with Area 51, there's a central location where everyone, everything UFO related is happening. Well, how come that isn't, or Loch Ness Monster has the Loch Ness Lake where everyone travels around the world to go there. Yes. There's nothing central. There's not like a central hub or location for like the Bigfoot or Sasquatch or Yeti. It's like, I don't, it's, it's kind of weird. Like what is it? Is there not like a black book on the Bigfoot? That's, which is why I kind of go to that Mount St. Helen stuff and this, I can't think of this UF, Air Force guy's name, but the, the, the testimony is so surreal and he's, he's still never taking it back. And it's, it's just, he's like, a, I think he's like a general or something crazy, Wow! but it, it, it was just blown away that this type of stuff possibly could be happening. And the government is like UFOs trying to protect us from knowing what could be out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. That was the other thing I was, I was, I was forgetting. There's so many things I'm trying to keep in my mind to mention and ask you was, was my, my friend mentioned the bears when they yell, when they're, when they're angry or when they're, they're dying. Um, a lot of them sound kind of like a bear, they'll say, but not exactly like a bear. So it's not that they, they like you were saying they can't pinpoint. Well, it kind of sounds like a bear, but they're never like, Hey, that's a bear dying. Right. Well, that's a bear that is that's defending her cubs that's what that sound is they, they can never defensively and it's it was the silences on the other one as well but there's a gentleman too that that's suing uh the government i think it's in bc because he says they're holding bigfoot footage you want to check that out yeah i do one's gonna hook it up here i just uh areas let's check this out can we hear this or no yeah, yeah we can okay great yeah i found this interesting i just discovered this Well, we can't hear it. You can't hear it? No. Oh, okay. Hold on a second. Don't know if we're nope. allowed to hear it. Oh, no. Oops. No, I... Okay. We, he's got some pictures in there. He says the government's taking these pictures and footage from him and not allowing it, him to uh, show it to everyone. Like, you know, just as we were, you were discussing about the government shutting him down. Because that was the other thing. I, I don't know if I've ever heard of bigfoot being shut down like somebody going hey man i had the best footage in the world you know these uh, you know the guys in the sunglasses and the black suits came up and took it from me you hear that you've been hearing that forever and now the government as we said is oh yeah well it's true we were just you know well yeah it's like you see these unidentified flying objects or ufos or whatever and it's like the footage and content has come out over the last couple of years of declassification like clearly there's something out there right Mm-hmm. And you can't really refute this stuff. And it's like, well, why is it the same happening for Bigfoot? Are people just that numb to the fact that, oh, there could be a humanoid type creature out there that's a direct, 
ancestor to us or vice versa in the ape family that obviously we're all kind of go up to that, that chain that uh chain of life there but yeah. where are we it just i don't know like you would think there'd be more it's always anytime someone's like oh they might see bigfoot the whatever is coming from a news source the source always or the news agency always makes locks it and mm. i'm there for the laughs all the time but what if these people are telling the truth like it's it's so easy to discredit someone so call them crazy right yeah like exactly like bob lazar man like that guy's he's made to look like he was he was nuts he had to he had to prove yeah, well, his, to his friends right yeah it's just like I, that guy I mean, that uh, that stuff is so fascinating anything out there like that where it's the more people have eyes on something they try and do all this discredit where it's just like what do you who was the government to say that we are ready or not to hear about ufos or bigfoot or yeah. this type of stuff and it's i mean you look at how about the, what what small percentage of the ocean has been discovered you don't think wow. there's a creature out there that could be living in the mariana trench or some ocean that we have no idea yeah. what's going on and so you look at these lake systems and loch ness and it's like clearly there could be something in there it might not be a dinosaur but it could right. be something we don't know yet and, and these lake forests, titicaca they've never been to the bottom of lake titicaca no, have they? and no. that has like history man like that's where viracocha apparently came out right. of and everything started so i'm why I, i'm amazed that they haven't like you know let's go to the stars let's do this i'm surprised that it hasn't been funded to get to the bottom of lake titicaca because that i would the oceans you're right about the ocean man there's so many places but that is such a and it's the elevation it's the highest elevation in in the world or something like that for the lake yeah it's literally mount everest two of mount everest could fit into like this some of the deepest parts of the ocean and that right? that for me is just pure insanity and we've only discovered a fraction of something that covers 70 percent of the earth yeah. it, it just what it, so maybe there is something out there i mean i don't I think they're, they're, the sexiness with the Bigfoot is that it could be in our backyard, right? Like everyone has woods mm, and yeah. everyone has – it's just – I don't know what that would do to the the human aspect. Like how would society react to, okay, Bigfoot's are real, folks. We've been lying to you for the last how many years. We've This is what happened in Mount St. Helens. This is what happened, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It's just it's just. It'd be so like the movie Jaws. Remember Jaws where everybody started yeah. coming out with their shotguns and going, I shot him, my God, when they're pulling out like these weird looking yeah. whatever, right? Um, you, well, one other thing that uh, that Brent brought up, I'm just remembering other things that he mentioned. He says that um, when I was showing some pictures and stuff uh, before we went on, because some of the stuff was, was the animals look kind of, kind of haggard and some of them were bears that just just were getting old and they were they stand up right like we we're talking about yeah. how long they walk for and some of these pictures is like oh man that's just that poor bear and that's that's what this guy was saying right like oh man that's too bad but it wasn't you know he was just he was mangly looking because he was a bear but another one that i saw joe was the uh it was a lady i can't remember i watched tons of these right and she says that they're mystically hiding in trees great big trees and and like transporting from tree to tree and and that's another one. Like, I, I see, I love these. I love hearing that. Yeah, it's like, She's, I don't, the, the teleportation stuff seems, it seems too far-fetched. But you've I, heard again, that as well. Yes, it's like they, they could, uh, uh, not time pop, uh, they they travel through, via dimensions or stuff like that. Right. These little wormholes and stuff. And it's like, man, I, you had, you had me at the Bigfoot, but the minute they start doing some like Gandalf type time travel <laughs> stuff, I'm just like, dude, I don't know. You almost it almost takes away from what could really exist. Yeah, it's too it, far fetched. You jumped the shark, man. You, you you took it too far. You ruined it, right? Right. I don't. Yeah, I, I I don't know though, man. With everyone going all the woods lately and camping, it's like there, there's got to be. 
I, it would be cool to have like a real government funded, maybe they have been, uh, expedition to like try to find this stuff and not just do something on Discovery Channel that is all made up and manufactured to create drama. Like where, right. like let's just really look for this thing. Because yeah. if it does I, exist, they got to find it. They do, yeah. I look back on like the history of uh, Bigfoot and everything and like what I found from way, 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 way back, like most things, it was like, okay, kids, Time to go to bed. Here's a story. If you don't yeah. listen to your parents and you don't do this and you, you go outside, you know what's going to happen? The Bigfoot's going to get you. There so, was there was this guy on TikTok uh, a couple months, or maybe a couple months ago uh, where he posted this picture of he's driving through this mountainside. I don't, was it in Canada maybe? Where he's looking at this mountain and he sees like this object walking on top of this thing, like this big, looks massive from the road. Well, we're yeah. on TikTok and then a couple days later, it got taken down. And he said... It's like these this government agencies, people came to his door or reach out to him, hey, you gotta take this down, like don't see this again. A couple days later, he released a video saying, Oh, it was fake, it wasn't real, it was something else up there. Well, then a couple days after that, he's saying he's been like forced to take retract everything, delete footage, and they're after him. And it's like it's either some elaborate scam or which obviously in this day and age, I don't really trust much. Uh, or maybe there are people that don't want that getting out. But I just don't know what the fear is of realizing that evolution really is still happening or how we are connected yeah. to, it's just, I don't know. Well, there's, there's reported that there was, there's been uh, monkeys in, I can't remember, it's like Africa or somewhere. And they, they saw some, some guys fishing just like with sticks and and then they went back later and they got there's video footage of these monkeys fishing with sticks no, no and it's, yeah they are so they're evolving what why why couldn't something evolve even further and and go like if if they've been around forever they would know how to hide and where they're going i'm thinking they would they would like you're saying they just keep pushing to where there's nobody and where no lots of places on earth that no that humans have not traveled Correct. right yeah and you look at these guys uh I, I watched uh, Disney Plus. They have this uh, Hazel Adele. He's like an outdoor guy, nature guy. He does like these crazy uh, hikes uh, over the course of a season through like different countries and stuff. And a lot of the episodes I love is like he sees like the snake or the spider or this type of pig or monkey or bird that hasn't been seen in years or very rare to see. Mm -hmm. And it's such a small creature that he's able to see it. Well, what if you take the, the Bigfoot in the middle of this huge forest or the Himalayan mountains or something where the netherworld where people aren't even have the chance to explore and they're doing that. They're like, they're, they're doing that same type of thing. Like, I'm just, yeah. I don't, it's, man, it's just so fascinating. And I want to mm. think that the fact that Patterson and Giblin got the footage of what they saw that day or whatever, how has there not been a new Patterson and Giblin? Like it's been yeah. so many years to get something that clear. And it's really not that clear I mean, the footage you show where they kind of help bring out the HD and like they uh, cleaned it up a bit helps. Yeah, but yeah. you would think there would be something on a trail camera or, I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was looking and looking. Did you get that other film to work or no? Uh, do you want me to try one more time? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to try and put that on one more time, John, and this gentleman. No, that's all good. Okay. All right, there he is. Yeah, taking BC government to court over Bigfoot. Can you hear? No. No. Can you fast forward to the footage though? Maybe she can find the footage oh. for us. Is he? And what's the actual case? Like, what's he trying to? That they're covering it up? Yeah. Yeah. That he's got all this footage and that the government has taken it from him, and so he's actually taken the the, the government to court. Okay, here we go. Here, see, that's here's his foot. Here's what he's got. 
Look at that. Looks like a big Ewok. It does. Wow, look at that. I haven't it's seen this before. Chewbacca. Yeah. Who was the other one from uh, Boba Fett? The uh, Kid Delashar? What was that guy's name? Oh. The big, the evil Ewok from... The chocolate chocolate. Oh, oh, yeah. the big, uh, the big, uh, Kattegar, Kattegar? what was that guy's name? I can't remember. They were calling him Black Cash. K. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he is awesome. I, I was looking at his, I have his first comic book. <laughs> Get me. But, so uh, here's another one here. So the yeah. dude says that the government took this from him and he's suing them. So, I don't know. See, that's. It's hard to see. <clears throat> I don't know. So, I mean, if the government's taking this stuff from him, like, I don't, you know, hopefully it will come out of the court of law, right? Like, why, yeah. why would he willingly put himself out there as a lewd bit or crazy guy? Yeah. For a couple of likes and shares on Instagram? Like, it doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. Especially, like, uh, you got a family, like, that's the last thing you're going to do, right? A hundred percent. Like, you, oh, here's the crazy guy. <laughs> yeah. And, and have, you, uh, have you watched Troll on Netflix, the Norwegian film? No. I was. It's a Norwegian uh, language based. I, I had to use subtitles, but basically, these researchers, explorers, something happens to like an Earth, the plates shift, and this or this living, this huge troll, like the size of Godzilla, comes out of the ground and starts terrorizing all of Norway. And it's set wow. in modern times. But it's steeped in the lore and history of like the Vikings and like the old like history of trolls. Mm -hmm. And it's so well done. And why the reason I loved it is like, yes, that's fantasy that I don't think there's trolls in the middle of Norway that can mm -hmm. come out and start killing people. But the idea that the lore and history of Bigfoot, and you go look at artwork from the Aztecs to all this stuff, whether it's UFOs or real, like there's always this connection with these cool cave paintings or artwork that they had the same type of stuff back then. Wow. Now maybe maybe their Facebook back then was the cave drawings, right? Yeah, where they yeah, could kind definitely. of write stuff. But it, it just seems eerie that there's always these throwbacks and books, and poems and stories that all kind of connect to like this one big tall creature, or this big flying object in the sky. Yeah, and it, I mean there is something to it. Like I don't, you're not going to go generations and generations of. I don't. I don't know. Like I, maybe there's this whole thing's just a lie, a fabrication. But I, I tend to believe that there's there, wherever there's fire, there's going to be some truth coming out there. Wherever there's smoke, there's fire. So definitely. I, uh, there's one other thing I wanted. While I have you here, there's one other thing I want to talk about because I've only done a few shows, and the other thing that I discussed was the moon. And uh, oh you know, god, the fake what, moon. Like, no, no, no. Was, yeah, I say I, I narrowed it down though, right? It was like, so the side of the moon. It's funny how many people don't know that we don't see the one side of the moon. Well, that those are the same people that, I don't, don't get me started on that. It's like, if you're gonna, <laughs> you can't talk about this stuff. You don't realize how the solar system is, the earth, the moon, the sun. I mean, I, I talked to someone the other day and there was this like, we we're talking about solar system or i think they discovered a new moon or a planet in another galaxy or solar system near ours or another planet that could be sustainable to ours in another galaxy and they were like well why can't we just do this on uh like saturn or neptune why would we leave our galaxy and i was like do you realize half like this planet's made of gas this planet's too hot this planet's too cold it's like do you not realize like what the nine what our nine planets are one of them has hail that's like ice, yes, right? Or like, like glass. Sorry, the hail is like glass yes. coming down. Yeah, that, that's funny. So, so here's so I thought that because we they could have a whole somebody. I say they somebody could have 
a whole civilization on the dark side because there's that crust that goes down what like miles and miles and miles yes. they could be somebody could have be living under there now i asked all my guests and all these people that were online but if you had the chance so, so we can go back and forth it takes you three days to go up to this new civilization in the moon okay back and forth it takes three days to get up there three days to get back you've been asked to go up to the moon and start this new civilization you know you're the first of of of, of uh you know, you'd be the first to do whatever you wanted to do up there. You'd be specialized in it. You know, I draw or I teach or something. You know what I mean? So would would you go? Yeah, I, I would. I uh, I got super jealous of those guys that uh, were going up to the space and stuff yeah. with uh, Bezos and all those clouds. Uh, but no, I think uh, I would. I mean, I, there's just something out there. Just like I, I love the idea of when you dream or you manifest like a goal of yours, it comes to fruition. The idea of always dreaming bigger than yourself. And I think the, the coolest thing would be, man, like Earth is cool, but you can go to the moon. That's cool. Or maybe go to Mars. And it's like this idea of expanding your horizons and seeing more than what you think you have to see. In the, a, new civil, a new civilization too, right? Like a whole oh, brand new start. And I was crazy. But you'd be amazed. So I loved this question because I think this, I love to get inside people's heads very, very quietly and mildly. Nothing, not like, oh, you know what I mean? But, um, you everybody says no basically every no way for and their eyes are like this no way i'd be stranded there it's like well it's just right there and you know you'd have to wait you know we have to wait three days for a space oh no no i can't wait I, it's amazing and, Man, and then I, would, I don't need a cell phone i don't need email just I, mean, right? I, I want my camera some good hiking boots and something to make sure i can breathe up there but i don't there, I think people are afraid to leave the safety of their house or their town or their city or their state. Or, I mean, I know some people that don't that want to travel but are afraid of planes and you can't drive a car to England or right. And not to knock those people, but it's like the minute you take that first step, it's like into the unknown. That's where the excitement mm -hmm. is. That's I was gonna say the unknown really uh, tells you a lot about somebody's character whether they want to join into that or they're like, oh no no no, I don't know what that's happening. I don't know where that step's taking me. But that, that's yeah. wild because they could definitely start something on the dark side of the moon because we don't see what goes on there. It, it, it is. The other thing, too, uh, <laughs> when these people go up to space and take these pictures or these satellites take these pictures of whatever planet we're looking at, is it stupid of me or crazy of me or conspiracy theorist of me to look at that and be like, well, who's to say these 10 people that have access to this technology and pictures are actually showing us what's really up there? Oh yeah, I mean, right? I mean, it, it's already showed that TikTok and all that crazy technology is spying on us, or our phones are listening to us, and we're—I I question that stuff. And I have to look at a picture of some face on Mars, or some mm -hmm. picture of the moon, or an angle from the moon, or a space station, or a satellite. That's be like, oh, so what it looks like from here. Well, who? Why do I? Why do I willingly trust that? Yeah, and I love like all this stuff uh i know we're getting off tangent from bigfoot but no that's okay uh, i want i wanted to get off it just at the end here before we before i let you go john that's why i wanted to just, just to... and it's like the whole thing where remember when stanley kubrick was like they said that he was hired to fake the moon landing right and when you look into that stuff it's so fascinating the best filmmaker of all time especially at that time mm -hmm. uh to get bring it by the government to create something like that. Like obviously the space race was a huge thing and who gets up there first, who could lay claim to the first country satellites. And I get, it's still, I think a, a huge thing after the space force now and other countries and satellites and stuff. But 
why do like it's okay to question that stuff right yeah. like i just don't and to your point like we do all the stuff from space well you haven't showed me a picture of like i, I don't know like it just there's so much to question there and not to say i don't believe any of it but mm-hmm. i also think that people that do question that it's so easy to label them as crazy i'm just mm-hmm. i just want to know yeah when this you get a picture of the mars rover and it goes through whatever NASA is doing or whatever, whoever's in charge of that rover. There's a handful of people that know what it actually looks like, if it doesn't look like that. And those same people are like, oh, this is what it looks like. And we just, it's on the front news, Times newspaper, uh, National Ge- Geographic. And we're like, oh, this is what it looks like. What? How, are we sure? Mm-hmm. Because if you yeah. took a picture of a crime scene and show it to 10 people, 10 people can have 10 different things to say about it. Yeah. And I think they kind of mask that UFO stuff and maybe even some of the Bigfoot stuff into we'll just throw it out there and we'll let people we'll only release some information that's believable or not. I think that, I know it's it's fun to talk about. It's it's one of those topics uh, that I just love when you're on like a campfire or you're drinking with your friends at a bar or on a long bus ride. Just talking about this stuff. It's it's just it's very therapeutic because I want it mm-hmm. to all be real. I want giant squids and sea creatures and spaghetti <laughs> monsters. I want it all. Nice. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, it, to live in a comic book world, my friend. How cool would that be? What a, it, I love it, man. I love what you're doing, too. I love the oh, thanks, uh, the comic book stuff. I know I'm going to try and get more active on Twitter when it comes to Because I know yeah. you post a lot of stuff on there. but Issue number. I just got a reprint of issue number one. It sold out, so we got another printing of it. I've only got 100 copies of this one, so that's a special one. The uh, One of the cool things, myself, uh, Barry Kirk, drummer for Shine Down, and Steve Hupkowitz, uh, a, a uh, monitor engineer, uh, wrote for mm-hmm. Shine Down. Uh, my road case, one drawer is dedicated to graphic comic books. So nice. on days off, we'll go to a local comic book store and pick up a comic book and our 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 rules are it can't be it can't be an established character arc whether it's daredevils wonder woman aquaman or uh blade it can't be one of those so it's gotta be a new character that's been created in the last couple years and man we have found some just incredible i don't know if you're familiar with excalibur oh yeah yeah oh just a great series um the goon I was mm-hmm. blown away by that. Yeah. Uh, it just, the comic book world for me growing up was always just like, here's my uncle and my dad's comics, Superman mm-hmm. versus Flash, all yeah. the X-Men, all the Avengers, all the, the classics, right? But as I got older, I still love that stuff. I still love the movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. But the people behind, the artists and the writers behind some of these comic books today, to create, if Hollywood could just take a fraction of these people to create these new worlds and stories, I think arts would be just I, I mean i'm just blown away by it like mm-hmm. i just i love the fact that this stuff is actually readily available out there um it's just awesome i can't yeah. think of a bunch of levels i have too like we literally went through 30 to 40 of these new books and series wow. in the last like six weeks it's like so i do it i open the road case and so other bands we tour with know we're into this nerd stuff Mm-hmm. And uh, one drawer is all Settlers of Catan and Battleworld. The other drawer is like all like graphic novels. And it's like this really cool nerd hideout uh, where we just kind of just talk to stuff and catering. And I just, I, I love more shows like yours where it's just people just unbashedly loving the art of comic books. And, well, they're great. Uh, they're, it's such a, a a great way to tell a story, no matter what you're telling. You don't even need words. You just need some some scribbles for some stuff. Do you have a comic book that uh, inflicted like? Do you remember your very first comic book influence? 
Uh, I remember the Spider-Man vs. Flash. I just remember it was the big version of it. It was like that really big one, and I still have it, the word my uncle gave to me. And it was always like those early uh, DC, uh, Justice League, um, that type of stuff. Not really, it was more, it was more DC uh, than Marvel. And right. then as I, when I got to like middle school, the death of Superman with Doomsday, Right. My dad, every time, every time that new book would come out, my dad was going to work for coming home from work. He'd bring me the new copy. And at the end of it, I remember that big, thick book, uh, had all the, it was all the books combined. I was like yeah. blown away by like, Oh my God, it's like a real book. Can I do a book report on this? Yeah. <laughs> um, and as I've gotten older now, I've just, again, like I've just fallen in love with the whole process. And I had David Morrill, on my podcast and he's the mm-hmm. author of Rambo. Yeah. Um, and uh, he also wrote and did work with Marvel. And so one of his, he did a, I think it was long cold winter with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And it was like this really cool Captain America one too. And I can't think of the name of it, but on the, we're talking about it. And one thing about love about what he did, his approach to it mm-hmm. was that he got the best page he ever wrote had no words on it. Nice. And I, and I love that because he let the the character, when, when Spider-Man first appears in the backdrop of New York City, there's snow everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's that, that type of gray drab color. When you see his red and blue come through that, that one shot, he's like, mm-hmm. this, this doesn't say that you know everything what's happening right here. This is everything he's thinking, what other people are thinking. And it, I just, I didn't realize that sometimes like those comic books, the best writing is no words at all. It's just, exactly. it, the image covers it. And I, and they're just, it's just awesome. I think Watchmen did that great too. Mm. A lot of cool imagery, but the simple lines, like I'm not here to read uh, like paragraphs per se. Mm-hmm. The perfect combination of like the artwork and the story when it blended together, it just, it's enthralling. And I, the one series I always go back and read all the time is uh, Maximum Carnage. I, for whatever oh, yeah. reason, I, and I have all the books, uh, also extension, extension extinction agenda mm-hmm. the x-men, the X-Men? One. yeah and so those two series when i go back and read them all the time i have all the books and the pages are kind of getting older now mm-hmm. but it's like the first every time i read them again it feels like the first time i read them i think that's the power of like a really good comic right yeah. like the, the enjoyability yeah. of watching the same movie over again well i could read these books over again because i love Maximum carnage with firestarter is dropping her flame on him and people are freaking out mm-hmm. saying, no, don't kill him. Don't kill him. You're not that. And it's just like, you're just like, holy shit, just kill him. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And it's like, you're not that person. You're a hero. Mm-hmm. You can't kill. It's like, it's just, I don't know, man. Like that's, it's just so fun. Like it's engaging. Yeah, it is. It is. I was, I'm, um, you're familiar with Magneto. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. I love that. And the intro the, to that X-Men movie when he's little, that oh. is that to me, that is brilliant because there. Yep. I, I don't know if that's even in a comic book, man. I think I think that was that was created for the movie. Like the whole story is that's true about Magneto. What they, you know, that well, it makes made. sense. It's like this guy's evil, vile leader of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Well, he's not really a bad guy. No, it he explains. Has, it. He has the same goal as Professor X. He's just going about it in a different way. Yeah. But you kind yeah. of like that's why I love the comic books where they kind of like swap places and you were like holy crap like Magneto's actually the good guy here professor x is bad or they start working together and obviously their brotherhood uh together it's just i love that you can create a character that you're supposed to hate him but you sympathize with him and you get where he's coming from 
I love Magneto. He's so yeah, they'll show like Xavier living in this mansion, yep. Magneto hiding and working in a little factory trying to support this little girl. Like, wow. And you're like, and you get it. You're cheering for Magneto to kill these people. You're like, dude, he just well, kill them, get rid of them. You yeah, can do it. Kill he's, the Nazis. He's, he's, yep. Oh man, he's trying not to. But then he goes out on that Nazi kick and he just starts taking them out like a Tarantino oh. movie. The other thing too I love with uh like when it comes to like stuff like that, like mental health or suicide, yeah. like, like with the Captain America arc or, or like the Bucky stuff where it's like PTSD, wow. like these real topics that are prevalent in today's service members, uh, they're able to do it in a way where it's just like, it makes you think, right? Or mm-hmm. the Tony Stark uh, thing where he's an alcoholic and he's yeah. like just a, a douche. And he's just like, this is a guy that's got an issue and he's, he's a superhero, but he's human. He's faulty and he's not perfect. And I just, I love that they can humanize these larger than life people. And it's, man, it's comic books. It's just awesome. Like I don't like, is there a national comic book museum? Like, is that a thing? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's one in New York city. It's in New York. Yeah. Um, there's some great stuff in there. Oh geez, man. And I collect all the figurines too. Like I, uh, the old Mego ones? Yeah, I have all like with KB toys, like Toy Biz, oh. and all that stuff. Like I have a whole world dedicated to Colossus is my favorite uh, Marvel character. Yeah, I love the story of Peter and like his upbringing. Yeah. yeah, and so I've always just loved him. Uh, but yeah, I have all these characters. I have a specific lines I like. Um, mm. It's just I don't. There's just something fun about it. Mm-hmm. And like whether you're a kid or adult or. Like there's no in between. It's it's for everyone. Yeah, it, that was they always uh, comic books always come packed with a vibe. I find like and even it, it's it's a nerdy thing that you, the smell of old comic books. I know it's like a mold smell, or whatever. But there's that smell of the old comic yes. books. And my mom used to take me when I was younger, and she's watching. Hi, mom. She would she would go to these flea markets and stuff back in the the late seventies, and she would just sit me in front of this little comic area, and she would go and look for stuff and. I'd get my little stack of comics for 10 cents each or whatever. And I still have them because and they wrote in pencil inside what, like 10 cents or whatever. And I just, it's still in there, but man, the memories, as soon as I smell that moldy paper, well, man, it's like right that, I have that Marvel app. I think where you can read comic books on the go, which is great yeah. if you're traveling and stuff and you don't have to totally, t- but to your point, I love opening up and getting a paper cut from a comic book or going to the comic book store and just picking it up and you can smell the ink. Like there's something, there's something weird to it. Yeah. Where it's just like, I'm just drawing, it's like gasoline for me. That's why I love yeah. that. I just love that smell of a new book. Exactly, dude. Exactly. It's, I love it. Awesome. And like the, the other thing, Amazon, the show, Invincible. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's I watched, cool. I watched the sh- the show when it came out mm-hmm. in the pandemic. And mm-hmm. I went back and started reading the comics, which I, I never really do that. I'm very familiar with the source material. But mm-hmm. like most people in the pandemic, I was watching paint dry. So I was like, I'll just throw this on. And I was blown away again. A lot of, I mean, it's a violent, a very adult uh, orientated uh, series, but mm-hmm. I just love a new story, right? Yeah. Where it's like the the family issues at home, and like, it's it's just a, I just love that that stuff is being created. It's fresh, it's new, and I, I hopefully it never goes away. It's good when they throw reality into comic books because you know, like like the boys. What if Superman wasn't a good guy? You know, what yeah. if what if the government controlled Superman? Could you imagine? Yep. Garth yeah, who, who and holds here it is. accountable, right? No, it's it's like well, it's Captain America: Civil War too. It's like oh, now man. you split the sides. It's like the people have spoken. The government still want you involved because people have died. Or it, it, it's just a. And I think it was episode one or two of uh, 
Captain or Captain or Falcon the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. where you realize they weren't getting paid. And like he can't afford to fix his sister's boat, or it's like you kind of just back. It's like this is a guy that fought this Thanos and like fought all these bad guys, and it's like he did it because he was thrust in that position to be a hero and chose to be, but he still has bills to pay. And it's like yeah. it was like the most interesting reaction. I was just like, holy crap! Like I've never thought about what these people do for money. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's Tony Stark or Bruce Wayne, right? It's some of these heroes that are super talented. Like, who's paying for Spider-Man's rent? He, he, mm-hmm. His pictures? Like, come on. He lives yeah. in New York City. He can't afford that. So yeah, it's like, no. I, I just love little little things like that. Yeah, it's great when they humanize him. Because it's one thing to think, okay, well, he's Superman. He can do whatever he wants. So if he, and if he has to fight a villain, it'd be better be from another planet really, really powerful. Whereas you don't look like, hey, what if the father's a superhero and the son's a superhero and they don't get along? whoa little things like that and then and then you these characters write the story for themselves like magneto you know how magneto is going to react to situations you throw him in a situation and his character writes the story so i love it when comic comic book writers are really good at that huh they they, you can basically just take like these heroes or or people they create throw them in an interesting situation and it writes itself i love it well it's like the, the thing with magneto it's like here's a guy whose power is to control metal well, his whole upbringing, he was thrown into an Auschwitz-type camp, mm-hmm. surrounded by metal bars. And it's like, that's what triggered this power. And it's like, some of those heroes that come out of like tragedy and devastation. It's like, I, man, I just love that stuff. And that, you're right. That scene where he, he kind of like bends the gate where he's being pulled away, it, it's, it's top-notch. Yeah. And you're like, this is our villain. This is the guy that everybody hates and wants. To right, we all hate Nazis. We all hate. And it's like now we're supposed to like this is the guy that's actually fighting the good guys, though. Like, come on. What's going on? Right. How awesome yeah. is that? Because it's like if you if you're in the know, you're like, OK, that's Magneto. Holy cow. If, if this is can you imagine ne- not knowing the story and being like, who the hell is this little kid? And then later on, finding out he turns into this massive villain, you're like, oh, okay, makes sense. Wow, there you go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, if, you, if you kind of reworked that movie uh, mm-hmm. into a different order where you could almost make it look like Magneto's, the, the Brotherhood are actually the good people. Yes. Yes, you could. Because it's just yes, like you, you look at these people in today's day and age, we follow leaders and politicians and celebrities, whether right or wrong. And it's like how they broke that up. It's like some people probably sympathize with Magneto. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. <clears throat> it's uh, my, my favorite saying is, is how you doing, Chris? Ah, a little more Magneto than Professor X today, but it's all good. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, it's just a great dynamic. That's just awesome. Good storytelling, buddy. Good. So, all right, well, I got to get off the air here, my friend. I could talk to you for comic with about comic books for hours, dude. Yeah. Hours. Um, it's so good to have you on the show, my friend. I, I'm uh, going to keep doing these conspiracy theories and then, and then ending off with some cool comic talk like I like to do. Started a little serious, you know, and then just ended off with a lot of fun. No, I love it. It's great. I, you have a great show, and uh, whenever it's I'm great. available, I'd love to jump on. So Awesome. I love it. I love it. I want to check it one more time. What was the uh, the Bigfoot with the volcanoes? Where was that? Uh, Mount St. Helens. I believe it was 1980, the eruption, and I think it's a U.S. Air Force uh, National Guard or uh, – Air Force guy that details this. It's like all over Reddit too. And it's like NPR interviewed this guy and I can't find the link. It's like such a hard link to find. Maybe they scrubbed it, uh, mm-hmm. but it's super fascinating. Just research it. Like you can oh, go no. in there and down these rabbit holes, just be like, oh, holy shit. Like this could be real. Nice. Yeah. That's I I draw basically all day long when I feel like working. And uh, I just put, that's what I do is I'll start with one conspiracy. Is there a Bigfoot comic book out there? That, there's a Sasquatch. 
Oh, okay. Um, so is it like a shaman, like Alpha Flight, Wendigo. Actually, there's a, there's a Wendigo or Wendigo, however you pronounce it. So he is from the natives, and it's more of a it's a dude, and he does this mystic thing, and he turns into the Wendigo. Oh, sh- oh, nice. And he he eats. He likes to eat women and children. So Wolverine hunts him. He's one of Wolverines. When Wolverine first appeared, the Hulk was fighting Wendigo, which is a white. Oh version. yeah, yeah. He's Canada's version of the Sasquatch, right? The big. And then you guys have uh, Alpha Fight. Wasn't there a Sasquatch of that? Yes, and then I was gonna say, and there's Sasquatch, and he's your classic uh, Bigfoot-looking type guy, and he's yeah. another scientist who tried to turn into the Hulk. Uh, was was playing with uh, things like that, and then it turned him into uh, the Sasquatch. Alpha stuff. Fight is such a criminally underrated comic book run. I mean, that with Puck, uh, North Star, uh, you know, I, I love Aurora's that. in there. Yeah, they were the Wolverine was supposed to lead the Alpha Flay, right? Yeah, that was his whole backstory, and, then he and he was broke like, out, right? Xavier said, "How'd you like to be a free agent, and not work for the government?" And he's like, right. "Sure, man. Let, yeah, let me out of here." And then the Canadian government's like, "Wait a minute, you owe me." So they sent Alpha Flight after him. Um, did you see the movie Logan? Yes. So they were supposed to go meet Alpha Flight there. That's who was in Canada, and that's the way the story was supposed to go. That would have been brilliant. I love that little girl that played uh, Laura there. The little little oh, girl over X twenty three. Yeah. Wow. She was a brilliant. Just watching her fight made me smile, man. I'm just like, that's look at her. She's so cute. Great movie. Yeah, and that was leading to Alpha Flight. It's uh, well, who knows? Who knows what Hugh Jackman and, and uh, Ryan Reynolds are going to do with the Deadpool Wolverine thing? Holy crap. Yeah, you almost have to think there'll be an alpha flight. It, it, there'll be, I, it's a good hand, especially because he's such a, he's such a protector of that brand and character that I think mm-hmm. we're in good hands with that. Whereas some oh, of these people are. that create these or run with these, uh, these stories or like these established characters, it's like you're just doing it for the money. Which I'm not gonna oh, knock yeah. you for it, but Reynolds, I mean, this is a guy that made this suit, started releasing this footage before they even had funding or. Yes, I just love that. There's a passion behind it. Totally, dude. Totally. Yeah, I find a lot of the Marvel movies now, the heartbeat of them's like this. There's, yes. there's no there's no uh, FTW moments in them anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, no, it's, it's, it's safe. It's, it, it's, I love, I mean, people knock uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. And yeah, there's, it's not the strongest Marvel movie, but the fact that I could still see him hold a lightning bolt or see Korg on the screen or Gore the God Butcher. Like, I mean, mm. we've been so privileged to see all these crazy, insane, great movies mm-hmm. that one or two for me, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll let it pass. Could have done yeah. better, 100%, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think this new Ant-Man stuff, this, uh, like Kang the Conqueror, it's going to be dark, and I like it. It's going to be smart, too, which is great. I, uh, I've had a hard time watching the Spider-Man movies, but I've, I've accepted the fact that the Spider-Man movies are made for Chris when he was... 12 years old yeah, yeah and I, I think that, I, that audience needs to grow that needs a they need their hero they can relate to they the do, man. I, yeah. about death and reality and time and it's just that's just just super dark and all themes that we live through each day and it's yeah. there's just something to that it's gonna be awesome totally so I, I would love to see quentin tarantino or somebody of that caliber take a shot at uh you could you imagine like uh william frederickin or like a uh uh Who's uh, Stanley Kubrick directing like a? Oh, Kubrick's my like, so, my idol. Imagine him directing like a Batman movie, oh, or something that would, where it's just like it's just like holy hell. I I think Kubrick would have been able to do an amazing X Men movie because he would have got right in there. Like he's my idol, dude. When I write, I try and put my I've watched everything on him. I try and put my to my mind where Kubrick would be. Like like okay, I'm bored with drawing comics now. What can I do? Ooh, I can put a story inside a story inside a story. Ooh, 
You're like, well, he's just brilliant, dude. He's brilliant. I yeah. would love to see he I think he would do or a Justice League. Oh boy. I bet you he could do something amazing with that. Yeah, or could have. Like, you you wonder if like who like how come St- or uh Spielberg or uh like even like even Mel Gibson's such a great visual director and suit like apocalypto and like all is amazing what if he had tackled like something violent like what's a violent character he can tackle or just bring in some of these directors that have like this insane yeah. vision like you said that let them what's a passion project for tarantino oh i want to direct uh whatever and then let him do it silver surfer he's he, that's what he said if he did anything it would be silver surfer you imagine how insane that would be dude brilliant it would this is what i'm saying <laughs> i would love to see that and and and, and he he would get the respect so that the company marvel wouldn't be okay well we got to bring bill and dave in here and frank and bill from this we, we got to okay let's know this is quentin tarantino man let just do the movie right no it, it's, it's like people i think would be oh well, he's gonna, he doesn't when he writes whether it's the the f word or the certain words that scare people yep. Yep. they're they're not just in there because he can write them they serve a purpose and that's do. why i love the he turns the f word into something that's memorable and necessary for that scene or that movie, and so I man, if, if it's necessary, if he did this head because he's they want him to, or he wants to do like a Star Trek movie. It's like imagine him playing in that playground. It's like it would turn it on its head. It would be insane. Yeah, yeah. So that's I'd love a uh, Kubrick. He had uh, that was the thing about Kubrick, right? Is is apparently the rumor goes that he did the moon landing footage, so they gave yes. him carte blanche to do, do nobody every, would question his movies. And, and that's and why the, he did Barry Lyndon. Yeah. And uh, with, with the lighting, with the lighting exactly oh like it was God. back yes. in the day. That's a yes. hard movie to watch all the way through because it's it not is. that exciting. But wow, it's, it's cinema, cinema, it's, brilliant. Yeah, the cinematography that's incredible. It's uh, the other thing, like The Shining for me is like such a great movie, but like all the ties into like the moon landing with like the pictures and like the numbers and stuff. It's, yep just a brilliant it's man. so he, many movies it's it's a million movies inside of one movie I, i've researched that he was so bored when he was making movies at this point that he's like all right you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna diss the guy who wrote it i'm gonna write a movie inside a movie i'm gonna move things around like it was just it was brilliant it was so well brilliant. done uh, and, and but so the other thing so he had carte blanche until he made his last film right eyes wide um, shut and, and they cut 30 minutes out of it and then he died yeah i his death too is super weird. Like I, right? he was. It's, it's. Well, it kind of goes into like when we're talking about like, the mood landing. Like, he might have been ready to start spilling his guts. Because someone like that, he doesn't have a journal or a book he was gonna write or something. It was, Wendy, it was do just, you know how hard it is to work for blah blah blah? Wendy, do you know how hard it is to keep your commitments? Damn, it's like it's almost like that character Jack Torrance was him, and the government was he was the he was the government towards. Jack, the actual government was towards him. It was, it was just like a weird yeah. that movie. It's almost like it was watching like a home video. Like he was Jack Torrance, yeah. and the government was making him crazy after everything he did for him. Yeah, and then there's that whole uh, the MK Ultra thing that you could throw into yes. it. And, ah, like it, the movie is is one huge. The Shining, I could watch The Shining Christmas Morning. It is my favorite movie. Everybody seen, knows there, there's movie. a documentary he did or about The Shining with yeah, all this room. Stuff. Room 43? Whatever the number is, I'm terrible yeah, with numbers. It's You're right, so that's it, yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. So good. It, it is, it's, uh, it's, it's, Kubrick was so brilliant. So, but yeah, and that's the thing about his last movie. It, it, he had carte blanche until that last one, which is strangely, especially now, we're seeing like the stuff with Madonna and all the, the, the babies that are being, yep. you know, regenerated for the youth of, of uh, the elite 
and all yep. these little ceremonies, you know, Epstein, who, oh, oh yeah, Epstein killed himself. Sure he did. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you, you go back and watch Eyes Wide Shut. I, it's, people, I think people watched it. At the time, it was like, oh, was this, and, 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 or was it rated NC-17 or something crazy? Like, they thought it was some, like, overt sexual film that Kubrick, some old guy was making. But you go back and look at this stuff. A lot of the stuff that he was hinting at that, yeah, you, you have seen from Epstein Island or even Bieber talking about, Justin Bieber about yeah. some of these uh, people back in the day, like these music industry people about like these weird ceremonies and crazy stuff that Britney Spears has talked about. And it's like, he's doing a film right here of these weird ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And now obviously with Tom Cruise, who I love, mm-hmm. when you look at the Scientology stuff, like it's just, it's such a weird film for him to die after. It is. It is. And there's so the many body, elements. It's every film he did is considered a masterpiece, whether acting, cinematography, everything about it is 2001 Space Odyssey, like Clockwork Orange. Like the guy is legendary. And mm-hmm. his last film was put out. It was caught up, cut up. I think that honestly, I think that movie is what killed him. Mm. It was too on Could the nose. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it was overshadowed the release of it too, by having Nicole Kidman, and Tom Cruise started because well, you, you have great they were looking married. people, great looking people in a real relationship. Yeah. They're huge mega stars. Mm-hmm. And so if you would put like a, like a dirty looking guy, not dirty, but like a Vincent Cazell and like a, another actress where it's like, yeah, you know, but they're just in this world. Yeah. I think it would have been more impactful. Right. But I mean, I don't know, man, the, 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 some of the scenes in that movie are just, with the cinematography and the way they they tilt their heads and the lighting, yeah, it's super creepy. Yeah. Now here's my question. I got a, I got a question for you here. Now I'd ask this a few people. This so Tom Cruise, huge in Scientology. Yeah, would they let him do this movie if the Scientologists thought that okay, you're you're messing with people that are kind of maybe above us here? Would the Scientologists have warned Tom and said maybe don't do this movie? I don't know if there, like, if there was something there, like I, I, yeah, I think I think a lot of times if it's so on the nose, they're putting it out there just to people are going to be like, oh, it's too on the nose, right? Like, because you would look at all these actresses like uh, Leah Remy, mm-hmm. a couple of these other people have left oh, Scientology, yeah. these other like cults, and yep. then like I'm not whatever, I don't know enough about Scientology to call it a cult okay. per se, yeah, but I think you're right. When, yeah, when you, when these people leave these entities, the stories they say, it's all the same. Yeah. Brainwashing and hazing and these weird rituals and you can't do this, you got to do this, wear this, and your kids have to do this, or what, maybe there is something to it. Yeah. See, that's, I found it odd that Tom, that, that Tom Cruise would do the movie being like, if Tom Cruise left Scientology tomorrow, yeah. it would be such a blow to them. All right. Like they would lose all, all. I don't know. I mean, is Travolta still in there? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, obviously, there's yeah. some people that are still in there. Yeah. Uh, but if he had left, he brings them such awareness because he's so he doesn't hide the fact he's a Scientologist, and I think that helps them because I mean, all his movies are amazing. I have never really seen a bad Tom Cruise movie. My mom so, loves Tom Cruise, dude. Right. Like, it's like he I can don't do agree, no wrong. And I don't agree a lot with his politics, maybe, or like his some of the stuff you hear about Scientology, but again, I don't live that life. I'm not here to, I watch Tom Cruise, the actor, not the person. So. 
Yeah. Nicole Kidman's father is a Satanist. Uh, Nicole Kidman's father is apparently a Satanist? He was, yeah. He's he was. Dead now. Oh, yes, but, that, that is true. I've heard that as well. That Nicole so Kidman's like, father was. I, there's so much symbolism in that. I was like, it all bleeds it. down. Yeah. That, that'd be a good episode for you. Just talk about that movie. I know, right? Like, well, I, I wanted to do a, like just a, a Kubrick episode at some point here. Um, it, it would just see as you get me started on Kubrick, my friend, and I will talk with you all night because yeah, there's just so much. He was brilliant. How often does a guy that smart come along with those movies? Wow. Well, it's like he, even his like, how did he die? Was it heart attack or like what yeah, was the heart problems? Like, heart problems. Yeah, that, yeah that's, I don't know. I'm gonna dive into that after I get. After like, I'm yeah, like what was it? What was his? What was in the can? Like what was supposed to come after that? Was there any movie or ideas he had in pre-production he, or something? What was he working on? It was that AI movie, wasn't it? No. So no? he he's working on stuff that's so ahead. Like 2001 Space Odyssey was so ahead of the time. Right. It looks like it could have came out yesterday. Yes. Oh. So everything he touched, whether it was gags and Clockwork Orange to AI to sex cults to like, it's just so on the nose. It's like this guy knew something. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think. I love the idea that there's a good chance he could have directed one of the moon landings. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Especially I see footage where they're, I, I was thinking, this is a funny point. I thought that maybe they got all the way up there and they're like, Hey man, where's the camera? Oh, we bought the Kodak. That's not going to work out here. Shit. Right. How can we film it? You know what I mean? Like it could be something to say. And that, that, that's actually a very believable or they get up there with a real camera. It doesn't work. And that way right? make it look like we show the flag with the wind blowing or the dust or the, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like you, you would, it's just, I don't know. It's, I would be curious, even with like the astronauts too, like, but like all those guys, there's such a buddy system there where they don't really talk about what they, everything that people ask them about, it's like out there, like NASA put out there, but you, they never openly talk about what really happened. No. If that makes sense. Like they're very like guarded. That's what makes me believe there's something out there that they're kind of, I don't know. It's just weird. Like the whole thing yeah. is just so weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's uh, there's so much we could talk about it with, with when it comes to see. I, I love the way somebody like Kubrick would really like to to after he he likes to poke the bear too, right? You know, he's what like right, right. He like he pushes the boundaries. Yes. Of, like, Clockwork Orange. You're like you have this violent rape and the sadistic gag, and it's like. But you also show the human aspect of this mental breakdown and this person collapsing into themselves and like. There's just it, the he's so chaotic, and his when he shows people in all his movies have someone breaking down or mm-hmm. someone that's just dealing with these themes, whether it's isolation uh, or it is man, it's just I'm just I wish Eyes Wide Shut got the respect of God. Like yeah. I, I, I'm such a defender of that film because it's so it's so ahead of its time. Like if if you, if you did that movie today. Like some of these other movies that are on the nose are like Lars uh, McTiernan or who's that mm-hmm. one director that does a lot of crazy like Nympho, the Nympho movies. Right. He's just very he's like the A24. Like all those art house horror movies like The Witch, Lamb, Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, like those type of movies that are out there right now. Yeah. That, that's Kubrick's wheelhouse and he was doing the so ahead of the tur- curve that yeah, it's, man, Eyes Wide Shut is so good. I'd like to see. I'd like to see the footage that got cut from that. I'd be really interested to see. Yeah, I know was. there was stuff where there was a couple of scenes where it's like, uh, like sex scenes were cut out. Okay. And I don't know if it was because it was too graphic and they didn't want the NC-17 rating, which would make mm. sense. 
that uh, would for advertising and like recouping money. Yeah. But how do you tell someone like Stanley Kubrick to cut that? Yeah. Like he's making his film. And don't you think a director of that level with the clout he has and the Academy Award nominations and the his films, I think what three or four of them are the some of the hundred greatest films of all time. Yeah. You're gonna oh, tell yeah. him it's too oh, it's too on the nose, you can't show that. And then a couple weeks later after the movie comes out, he's dead. Yeah. I don't know. It seems weird. And see, he was, he was, so AI was what he was going to work on next, which is funny because that's where we're heading now is artificial yeah. intelligence. I, I was loving what Bob Lazar said that when the aliens come down, they're not sending their actual aliens they are sending AI down. Do you think they would actually come down to see us? No, they don't. They feel like, you know, we're rowdy humans. We're like right. animals to them. They're going to send down AI. They're going to send down these. And that's and this is what, like the, the theory shapes. is how they, they all look at all these grays is because they're AI creatures from whoever's visiting us. What a great theory. That blew my mind. Oh, that was amazing. So yeah. that's where Kubrick was heading next was that whole AI theory, which is where we are now. So, you know, wow. He's, uh, he had his, his pulse on things that were, were really interesting. And his take on it was, was just incredible. My friend. Well, it's like, how do you, how does someone like that get their pulse on something that hasn't existed yet? I know that, right? Like that's his brain. It's like, he, like if you watch 2001 Space Odyssey, that was an iconic film. But then you look at how do you not look, question like, God, he might have actually filmed the moon landing. Because mm -hmm. no, it's so it's like, dude, like the lighting and everything. It, you couldn't do that film today. Like I think it was a couple of years ago. James Cameron they had like this roundtable of movie directors, mm -hmm. and they're talking about like their idols and people that movies they like and. Kubrick basically, or uh, Cameron came up, he goes, 2006 Odyssey, if you did that movie today, he goes, the technology he used and created, only he could have done it. Like, it's right. just like, it's so surreal. You know, how does he get that, that, that type of equipment, unless he's not funded by the government? Like, I, like there's gotta be some sort of payoff there. If he did do that moon landing, hey, we'll give you all the money and funding you need. Mm -hmm. Because his ideas were all outlandish and everything was ahead of the curve. Everything yeah. he did was ahead of the curve. Yeah, brilliantly ahead of the curve, right? Yeah, just super fascinating. Yeah, yeah. There's one more point I was going to make. I just, uh, I can't remember it. Damn, more Kubrick. I can't, it's something about Kubrick. But anyway, dude, Um, yeah, wow, I could go on forever. There was one more point I had about Kubrick, but it's escaped me because there's too many in my noggin, I think. Yeah, he, but anyway. uh, yeah, that was good. I don't, I don't know if there'll be another director like him. I don't know if you can. No, oh, there's one guy. Oh, what? There's some movies he was doing. What was his name? Uh, he's done two movies and the, the twists in them were oh he did uh there was the the group of 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 20 somethings they go out to this cult in dutch country kind of thing summer, summer. what's it called midsummer oh seen yes with the girls on the cover the, yeah. the girl have the you flower. seen that yes okay so that guy who did that movie man is brilliant he's in he's close to kubrick um i don't know if he can be close but he's in that vein where there's all like high little, art high intellectual the trees are breathing in the background, but you don't really notice it at first. It's kind of like, whoa, I'm feeling the buzz. Like, yeah. Right. And there's another movie he did. Too. Oh, he Hereditary. did. Uh, pardon me? Hereditary. He did Hereditary. Yes. Well. Remember? Wow. Holy cow. Like when that girl's head gets, she's hanging her head out the door. And that's a what, that's a, that's a what yeah. the fuck moment to me. Right. That's like. Yeah, for sure. It was like when I just saw a smile, that one scene where the girl's head like rotates upwards or downwards into the car window craziness yeah, yeah that's how it's good that's just unreal man right on all right dude well thanks for coming on the show buddy i think uh when you get time again we should just do a dedicated kubrick episode and just yeah, tear no, down the I tear down it. the shining i love it well i'm around next monday so
Perfect. Perfect, man. I love it. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, my friend. Where can everybody find you on the Cryer Media here? Yeah, Cryer Media. I'm under, uh, I host the Spirit Talk podcast, new episodes every Thursday. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Uh, it's all streaming, YouTube. Uh, yeah, it's all good. Different background, different guests from martial arts to conservation to ufologists to uh, outdoorsmen and women to authors to actors. Uh, a little hodgepodge of a little everything, a little different each week. Uh, but yeah, it. it's uh, awesome. All right, brilliant, my friend. Well, thanks for stopping by. And awesome. then what? Yeah, you're on the same time zone as me, right? I'm East Coast. You're East Coast. Yeah, you are. So yeah, 10, so you're, yeah, 10, okay, great. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening, my friend. I will, thank you, sir. Okay, thanks, John. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Bye. All right, man, I could talk forever about that kind of stuff. We went over time a little bit, but that's okay. Um, Hope my mom and dad hung in through all that and and can stay up late and watch, that's good. There's no hockey game on tonight, so you got no excuse. And again, thanks to John for being on the show. That was was brilliant. I really loved, uh, I love talking about uh, Kubrick films and stuff. You know, there's, there's so much, you know, a lot of filmmakers aren't just dudes who make films and get get paid tons of money. Some of them back in the day were actually really, really smart. And the more they let these creative people who think outside of the box do what they want to do, uh, the more you're going to see brilliance. And that's going to happen with anything in life, whether it's movies, whether it's business, whether it's the government, whether it's scientists, the smarter we get, the more intelligent we get, the further we're going to get. All right, so we didn't get to finish off our Walking Dead. We're going to do that next time. Um, my producer, my wife, has picked out her favorite episode, one of her favorite episodes. I've picked out one of my favorite episodes. And we are going to pick up with that right off the bat next week, folks. So we'll continue our Walking Dead talk. Not sure we else will have something else very rad. All right, my name's Chris. This is Live from Machete Comics. That was great. I'm still taking in everything there. I want to watch so much Kubrick stuff now. That's amazing. All right. Thanks again to my guest, John, for being on the show. Make sure you check out his stuff. Very intelligent guy. And that's what we want. More intelligence in the world, my friends. Peace, love, be excellent to each other. Party on or do party on and be excellent to each other. My name is Chris Machete. Cheers, my friends. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.